5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, today we are jumping back into James chapter 3. Today we're going to do verse 17. Tomorrow we'll finish off chapter 3 with verse 18. So 17 today, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So this is what James does. He begins to tell us what godly wisdom isn't. I don't know if you've, uh, you know, uh, understood arguments, and sometimes people, when they're making an argument, they're going to tell you what it's not, just so that you can even further more understand and know what it is. And so James does spend... Uh, A couple of verses there, true wisdom that comes from God. We started it off this week, and he's telling you what it's not. And, And that's helpful. Why? Because when we see jealousy and selfishness, then we know that this is not godly wisdom and that there's gotta be another way. So 17 begins then, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. So what does it mean that it's pure? Pure really is just um, as we would want water to be, right? It's free from any impurities. And it's the same when we're looking at godly wisdom. It's going to be free of the impurities of our flesh, (laughs) of the, the things that try to be able to disrupt and go against what God wants. So, if you think about it, in the same way, uh, Philippians 4, 8, when Paul makes mention of what to keep one's mind focused on, it's things that are pure. So, ultimately, Paul, James, speaking the same language here. It doesn't always happen, but they're speaking the same language because he's saying godly wisdom is going to be pure. What else is it? So, the next word is peace-loving. So what does it mean to be peace-loving? Loving Loving peace. That's pretty easily defined, but it is not causing strife. You see that goes against the last one, right? God's trying to be able to set something up that's different. So not causing strife, no division, and that shouldn't be a part of anyone's nature. The next word is gentle at all times, right? And I think gentle always sounds, uh, you know, like fragile, but gentle doesn't mean fragile. It just means that it carries the ideas of like equitable, fitting, fair, moderate, uh, uh, considerate, right? And I think it's good then to be gentle. The next one, willing to yield to others, or some uh, translations say open to reason. So the word here is interesting because it means compliant and also easily to persuade. So that idea must be understood in order to apply it appropriately, right? So for example, how do we respond to discipline? If somebody brings you a word of rebuke, what's your first reaction? Are you open to understanding what that means for you, for your life, and how uh, something was being either misconstrued or construed by someone. So it looking here at being able to yield not just to others, not 
because God calls us to be a doormat. He doesn't. But he's saying, are you open to someone bringing something that's different than what you know currently? And then as we move on to the next one, it's full of mercy, right? So full of mercy and good fruit or good deeds. So God has forgiven us of much. So should we also forgive those who sin against us. We are to be merciful towards others as the same way that God has been merciful to us. We talked about uh, mercy, and really mercy is that not getting what you deserve. Like So we deserve punishment, we deserve eternal death, and yet God is merciful with us and doesn't give us what we deserve there. And just so James remains consistent with his word about faith and good works, about how they kind of join hand in hand, he says this wisdom from above is going to show itself by its work, right? There's going to be evidence of that good conduct, bearing good fruit, because of what God has done. Right, Not because we're trying to be able to get on God's good side, but because God has already done it. Right, And now we live into that freedom. We live into those lives that, um, that we hope are going to be, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing good fruit for the world to see. But the passage continues. It's also, it shows no favoritism, right? So we're looking at that. What does it mean to be impartial? That means that we're not going to then balance when we're looking at people, and we're not going to say, well, I'm going to be judgmental of these people and not those people. It's going to be impartial. So we are going to ultimately, like Paul says, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we are already on the same level as everyone else. We know that we've sinned. And instead of being able to look upon those, well, you know, you go to church more often, so therefore I'm going to give you a little bit of a leg up, or I know that you do this or you do that. And and so it's really easy to not be impartial. Um, But God says godly wisdom will be impartial. And then the last one will always be sincere. So originally it meant uh, inexperienced in the art of acting. Well, it means to be genuine with no pretense. So in church circles, there's a movement in which people say they want others to be genuine with them. Authentic is the word that often gets thrown around. In other words, be who you are and don't put up a whole bunch of masks like you, uh, you have to hide. We can never build true relationships if we are not being sincere with others. So this is the end of verse 17. I mean, this is kind of a, a really great you know, marker for us to be able to say, what is godly wisdom? This is a great list to go back to. So if you're seeing this in the life of your life and in the lives of others, we know that it's coming from godly wisdom and not worldly wisdom that's always trying to divide. All right, everybody, have a uh, great day. I'll be back again tomorrow to close out the week. Take care.